Bump City, the podcast, episode number seven of season two. Got a good show for you guys today. First topic, we're going to talk about Kyler Murray. Should he get paid? Leadership qualities, all that good stuff. Number two, I got to touch on my Lakers. They are struggling this year, but LeBron James's legacy, what does that look like? We're also going to talk about players getting paid at the combine. Should that happen or should it not happen? And then as usual, we end it with the Let It Burn segment. This is when I get something off of my chest. That's what we got for you today. Bump City, the podcast, episode number seven. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get it. Let's go to the NFC West and talk about quarterbacks, specifically one quarterback. We're going to talk to talk about Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray wants his money entering his fourth year in his rookie deal. He could be extended this summer, but he goes, look, if you guys want a true commitment to me, if you show me that I'm the guy for the job, I want you guys to extend me right now. And I want to get paid about 40 to 43 million dollars. That'd be slightly below Josh Allen and Dak Prescott. Both these guys got paid. They got their money and they were balling when they got their money. Now, before we dive into this thing, here's some audio from Stephen A. Smith. When you look at some of these great quarterbacks in the league, I'm not telling you that Kyler Murray is there yet. I know better than that. What I am saying is this. He has done a good job for the Arizona Cardinals, particularly considering the lack, the absence of a veteran head coach that you saddled him with. If you were so concerned about these other things, then bring in a veteran that knows how to run a damn team. Cliff Kingsbury's learning on a job. I agree. Learning on a job. Fair. Hey, Kingsbury's not Paul Brown. You're a thousand percent right. You, you got that one right. You're hundred percent, hundred percent. But Murray did not play well against Seattle late in the year. Murray was yeah. awful against the Rams. Murray was not great against Green Bay on the Thursday night game. He threw the interception, A.J. Green, at the end of the ballgame, and Rodgers beat him without Devontae Adams. He was, he was terrible on Christmas night against the Colts. Terrible Christmas night against the Colts. There are reports that the team doesn't love him. He took himself out of a playoff game they because it was seven and to start the season and 10 and 2 in week 12. Fine. We just going to ignore that. Indianapolis, Indianapolis, Seattle when they could have won the division. They could have won the division against Seattle. Lost when the Niners beat the Rams. Took himself out of a playoff game. And now Steve wants to empty the bank and give him $40 million a year. Who's not the even Seattle, a top 10 quarterback. The Seattle game. The I Seattle game. I'm not doing the, that. The, this, excuse me. You're going to do it. Because guess what? The <laughs> Seattle game that you just brought up. Yeah, they lost that game. He had 30 points in that game. It ain't like it was Aaron Rodgers at Lambeau Field in a playoff game and couldn't put up more than 10. He had 30 points. They lost the game 38-30. I mean, we're just going to ignore that. Where was the okay. defense that day? Stephen A. and Mad Dog bring up some good points when it comes to Kyler Murray. Here are the facts about Kyler Murray, though. His team has gotten better since he's getting there. First year, 5-10. and 10. Second year, 8-8. Eight and eight. This past year, 11-6 and six, and made the playoffs for the first time since 2015. They are getting better. Kyler Murray, as a starter, he is 22-23-1. and one. You look at that record, you think, look, not much to work with there. But every year, they are getting better. Here are his numbers. Last year, he threw for 3,700 yards, 24 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Not elite, but he's in the upper third when it comes to quarterback play. The thing about Kyler Murray that makes him attractive is he's getting better. He's 24 years old. He's already a two-time pro bowler. He's gotten his team to the playoffs. You surround him with some weapons, A.J. Green, DeAndre Hopkins. We'll see if James James Conner is back in the backfield. But it's facts that if you surround him with talent, plays will be made. 
Here's the knock when it comes to Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury. I'm going to throw him in there because that's his coach. They do not know how to finish. 2020, they start the season 5-2, and two, ended 3-6. and six. This year, they start the season 7-0, and oh, in 4-6. and six. They have a, a problem with finishing. And finishing, to me, comes down to leadership. Cliff Kingsbury, like Stephen A. mentioned, he is learning on the job. He got fired from Texas, a- I mean, excuse me, Texas Tech. Got fired from Texas Tech. Now he got hired as an NFL head coach. Never had any type of NFL experience. You're bringing the quarterback that you want, Kyler Murray. You're bringing that Oklahoma offense. Things should be clicking. The thing about Kyler Murray is his leadership as well. He doesn't seem like a guy who's going to rally the troops, get him on the sideline, be positive when things are bad. You know when things are good with Kyler Murray. You know when things are bad with Kyler Murray. And this dude, according to Larry Fitzgerald Sr., who writes columns or whatnot, he goes, look, he's spoiled. And he has been spoiled. You know why he's been spoiled? Because all he's done is win. He goes to high school. He doesn't lose a game, wins three or four state championships. He goes to Oklahoma, loses a couple games in the mix every single year. You get to the NFL, and now that pool of talent is, is, is small. It's shrunk. Everybody can ball in this league. It's not going to be like you're back in Texas in high school. He's not used to this. He's not used to losing. So now who's going to teach him how to lose? Who's going to teach him how to be a leader? He's leaning on a coach who's never done it before, who's never been in this situation before in the NFL. You know what he has done, Cliff Kingsbury? He's lost at the end of the season. If you go back to Texas Tech, you look at his records towards the end of the season. He always ends on a low note. So why isn't it different here? It's not different here. Why should you expect anything different? And now who are you surrounding Cliff Kingsbury with? I don't know the guys on his coaching staff. I don't know. I didn't do that, that research, okay? But you need to surround him with guys who can teach him along the way. It's funny to say that you have to surround a head coach with guys who are going to teach him. That tells me that he's just not qualified for the job, or he wasn't. But guess what? He just got extended through 2027. So the Arizona Cardinals like what he's doing. All right, They have been getting better, but they always end the season on a low note. The GM got extended, extended as well. If both those men were extended, what makes you think they're not going to hook up Kyler Murray? What do you think? Especially in this situation when Murray has all the leverage. There's no quarterbacks out there that you are going to trade for, that, that you're going to draft. You're not going to draft high. You made it to the playoffs. You were 11-6. and six. There's no quarterbacks out there. Kyler Murray is looking at the situation and saying, they have to pay me, and I want them to pay me now. They can wait until the summertime or wait until next year, but do you want a pouty Kyler Murray in your training camp? with that sad face that he has on all the time when things aren't going well. No, you got to keep him happy. He's a diva. Simple as that. He might as well be a receiver. You know, they call us divas all the time. Kyler Murray is a diva, but the Arizona Cardinals put themselves in this situation. So if they want this diva, this diva attitude to go away, they're going to have to pay him, and they're going to have to pay him what he wants, 40 to 43 $45 million a year. What Murray and the gang ain't taking into account is you don't typically win championships when you're paying your quarterback that much. You just don't because you got to surround him with talent. That's what happened this year. He was surrounded with talent. Therefore, he took them to the playoffs for the first time since 2015. May not have ended well, but at one point, we were talking about Kyler Murray being the MVP. Talking about this offense is amazing. D-Hop going deep. Granted, he got hurt. A.J. AJ Green making plays. James Conner, Chase Edmonds in the backfield. Talent was surrounded by this man. If you pay him 40, 43, 45 million, how much talent are you really going to be able to get? It's a tricky game. On the flip side, even though I don't like Kyler Murray's attitude, I appreciate what he's doing. He's trying to get paid right now. This NFL, not for long. They will get rid of you, and there's a window of opportunity for him to capitalize on his talent and get some money. They'll probably only sign him to like three to four years, but so what? 
get that three to four years, $40 million a year. I'll take it in a heartbeat. He sees opportunity. He knows that he's the best option for this organization to win football games. He doesn't care about what's going to happen around him. At some point as an athlete, you have to be selfish. As a fan, if I'm an Arizona Cardinals fan, I'm upset. I'm saying all the things that fans say, oh, it shouldn't be about the money. It's about playing the game. Man, forget all that noise. It's about the money. It is about the money. That's why you play this game. You play because you love it. But ultimately, you play for the money to be able to take care of your family. There's always two sides to the sword. Business side, player side. Business side says, don't sign him for that much. He still needs to improve. He's young. He's 24 years old. He's got another year left on his contract. Let's revisit this next year. For the player, go get your money right now. Tricky game when it comes to contracts. Next topic. Touchy topic we're going to talk about right now. Touchy for me. Probably not for you, but... I am a Laker fan. Grew up a Laker fan. All I know is Lakers. All I care about is Lakers. And right now, my team is on the struggle bus. Since the All-Star break, they have lost three in a row. And last night, they lost to the Dallas Mavericks. Good good basketball team, but lost to the Dallas Mavericks. And uh, it's been tough to watch, man. LeBron James is the a player, a coach, the GM, the damn near the owner there as well. He's making a whole bunch of moves, and what does he do this offseason? He brings in Russell Westbrook and Carmelo Anthony, Dwight Howard. The 80s baby gang is together, and it just ain't working. It's not working. LeBron is having a good season. He, he's, doing, he's doing what he has to do, 28 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists. He's doing all right. It's the guys around him who ain't helping. Anthony Davis cannot stay healthy. Russell Westbrook is being Russell Westbrook. I see a lot of people talking about, Russell Westbrook and his shooting woes. He's shooting 43% from the field. That's his career average. Like, what did you expect Russell Westbrook to do? He's not, I mean, he can still, he's still athletic. He can still get to the rack. He can still do those things. But he's an older cat, man. What'd you expect? You need some young talent over there. Malik Monk has been playing well as of late. I give him that. There's some, there's some hope there. They're ninth in the West right now. Are they going to make the playoffs? If I had to bet right now, I'd say no. I'd say no, but we're going to focus on LeBron James and his legacy. Coming to L.A., you have to win championships. At least that was the perception. For you to be considered a great in a Laker jersey, you have to win multiple championships. But I'm going back to Stephen A. and Mad Dog right now with a conversation they had on first take today. It kind of changed the way I look at things. I I still see LeBron in a certain light, but listen to this and, and tell me what you guys think. All the great players in the history of the NBA, maybe the exception of Wilt, they got a team. Russell's a Celtic. Bird's a Celtic. Elgin Baylor's a Laker. West is a Laker. Kobe's a Laker. Jordan is a Bull. Who's LeBron's team? He played for the Heat. He's not a Heat. He's a, he's a Cavalier. And to leave Cleveland to run to L.A. and win one title after a five-month gap, to do it in Orlando and then the other three years be a disaster, that's not Hollywood. That's not good. They're not making the playoffs this year. Teams are mad. Now, listen, is it his fault? No. We all know how great he is. But he is not winning a championship this year. And let's ask you this way. Stevie, let's ask you this way. If he retired right now, are they building a statue with LeBron? No, they're not. Right near Staples Center? They are not. No, they're not. But but, 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 but wait a minute. But wait a minute. Because, uh, again, you brought up history. Um, You brought up, listen, you don't go there to win one title. You go up there to win multiple titles. Respectfully. Profound respect. I must ask this question to the noted historian that is Mad Dog Russo. And when I say the utmost respect, I'm talking about who I'm about to ask you about. How West. many titles did how many titles did Elgin Baylor have? 
Zero. Um, how many titles did Jerry West have? One. Thank you. What do you they mean multiple? There are great they, Lakers. There are great Lakers who've had one title. How many titles did Wilt Chamberlain have as a Laker? One. Uh, thank you very much. How many titles did LeBron James have as a Laker? One. Oh, so now, so now LeBron James, who's still playing, averaging 29 a game, looking like an MVP if his team was better, has right. as many titles as Wilt, as Jerry, and one more than Elgin Baylor. Now, I'm not saying that that warrants him being a statue erected outside a crypto.com arena. I almost hate saying it now instead of the Staples Center. Yeah. I understand that it doesn't warrant a title. But you know what I'd also add to this? Do you know who else has a title outside of the Staples Center? Do you know who? Uh, uh, Oscar, uh, statue. Oscar, de, Oscar de La Hoya. Which is a joke. Oscar, Which is Oscar a joke. de La Hoya. So, in other words, what I'm trying to say to you, you can say what you want about it being a joke or whatever, and I love Oscar de La Hoya. My point to you is that, are you sure ain't no statue? When we talk about LeBron James, yeah, he's a Cleveland Cavalier because he played there 11 years. How many titles did he win in Cleveland? One. Now, he erased it half a century where they yeah. had nothing going on, but he did that. But then you also, he, he was in Miami. How many titles did he bring to Miami? That would be two. two. How many titles did Dwayne Wade bring to Miami before LeBron got there? One. One. How many times? Exactly. So what I'm trying to say to you is this brother going to get his jersey retired in three arenas. Jersey retired in three arenas. I don't know about that, Stephen A. Smith, but he did bring up some good points. Elgin Baylor only has one championship. Jerry West has one. Will Chamberlain has one as well. Wilt also played for the San Francisco Warriors and uh, the 76ers, I believe. Elgin and Jerry only played for one team. What does LeBron have to do to get a statue outside of Crypto Arena? I'm with you, Stephen. I hate calling it anything other than the Staples Center. What does he have to do? He's got to win two or three. And even if you win two or three, do you guys still see LeBron as a Laker? In my mind, I see him as a Cleveland Cavalier. Why? Because he's from there. He was drafted there. He played there 11 years. Even though he went to the Miami Heat and won two championships, I still see him as a Cleveland Cavalier. And to get your jersey retired in crypto, I'm just call it Staples. It's Staples for this podcast, right? Even to get your jersey retired in Staples, you have to be a great Laker. The thing about LeBron is he's going to break a lot of records while wearing a Lakers uniform. He's going to do it just because of where he is in his career and how long he's played. He's going to break a lot of records. But I doubt anyone in L.A. I mean, I won't say anyone. I'll say a lot of people. The majority of people in L.A. don't see LeBron as a true Laker. He's a Laker right now. He's won a championship. We are thankful. We are grateful. But he doesn't he doesn't exemplify what being a Laker really means. Being a Laker means Kobe. It means Shaq. It means even Derek Fisher. It means Pat Riley. I mean, being a Laker means that you are embedded in the history so deeply that the people will ride for you if they talk nasty about you. People ain't doing nothing if, if someone talks nasty about LeBron. No knock on him. He's still one of the greatest players of all time. But once you start bouncing around the way that you do, he has, once you change the way this game is played when it comes to putting super teams together because he was the first one to do it, him and Boston. I'm going to throw Boston in there as well because they had KG, Paul Pierce, and Ray Allen. Once you start doing that and you're known to bounce around, it's hard for you to become a Laker through and through. It just is. It just is. I, I take Nick Van Axel as more of a Laker than LeBron James. Again, no knock on LeBron, but he needs to win two or three. 
Now, Stephen A. also brings up a point. Will there be a statue of him out in front of crypto? Never. I mean, Staples. Never. There will not be a statue out there unless he wins two or three, and I don't see that happening. Um, is there? Is his jersey going to be retired in multiple, multiple stadiums? I think his jersey will be retired in Cleveland, and it will be retired in Miami because of what he did for Cleveland, broke a drought over there when it comes to championships. In Miami, that was some of the best basketball I've ever seen with him and D. Wade and Chris Bosh and the gang, Ray Allen. I mean, it was it was ridiculous watching what those guys did. Uh, but LeBron is, is a tricky superstar because he has done it in a way that we have not seen, especially in football. I mean, excuse me, especially in basketball. Jordan was with, with, was with one team. He did go to the Wizards ownership. You know, story's different there. Kobe was with one team. Shaq was with a bunch of teams, but he was his most dominant when he was with the Lakers. Now, if LeBron would have came over after the Cleveland Cavaliers and stayed here for a while, six to eight years, won some championships, and maybe he'd be in the, in, in the discussion of putting his jersey up in the Raptors or having a statue outside of the arena. But because he's bounced around, it's just hard to do. It's just hard to do. It's still possible, though. It is still possible. But right now, in 2022, there's no statue. There's no jersey being retired. If they retire his jersey after one championship, even though Elgin Baylor only had one, even though Jerry West, Jerry West only had one, even though Wilt Chamberlain only had one, if they retire his jersey after one championship, I'm questioning Jeannie Buss and, where, and just how she views this thing. I mean, LeBron has came over and, and literally taken over this team. Wherever he goes, he takes over the team. He's a, one of the greatest players of all time. He's going to have that type of influence. But he has to do more. He has to do more. As far as my Lakers this year, we are garbage, and we're not going to do anything. You need to get rid of the 80s babies and get some young talent here. The game has changed. Get young talent here. Melo, loved you growing up. It's a wrap. Westbrook, loved you growing up. It's a wrap. The oldest man on the court is the only one who can still hang right now, and that's LeBron James, man. And I, And... If you guys know me, I'm not a huge LeBron James fan, but he is wearing my jersey, so he has my support at this point. Next topic. The NFL Combine is coming up on Thursday, and a question has surfaced. Should these players be getting paid for going to the Combine? Now, these players have already done a great job of putting pressure on the NFL and telling them, look, man, we're not going to conform to this bubble situation. All right. We're not going to do it. Mandates have been lifted everywhere, are starting to be lifted everywhere. We're two or three years into this pandemic thing. I need to be able to prepare myself for this moment the best I can. There's no need for the bubble. So the players have stood up, put some pressure on the NFL. The bubble is gone. Now, the next question is, should these players be paid for going to the NFL combine? When I was growing up, it was a dream of mine to go to the combine. I didn't get invited, but I used to watch every single year just, just to see what guys were going to do. Who was going to run the fastest 40? Who was going to bench press 225 the most? Who was going to have the highest vertical? Who's going to have the longest broad jump? And then just to see these college guys compete against each other out there on the field. The NFL combine has become a spectacle, though. I mean, you got guys like Deion Sanders hosting this thing. Former players are breaking down uh, these 40 times. They're, they're telling jokes. It's entertainment. It's become entertainment. And now they're going to allow 10,000 people, 10,000 fans to watch the NFL combine, which I think is great. I think the players want to see these guys. Excuse me, the fans want to see these players. 
And I think the players get hyped up when fans are around. I think overall it's a great idea, honestly. If I were to be in the combine right now and you told me 10,000 fans are going to be there, I'm going to get up for it. I'm going to get up for the combine regardless. But knowing that fans are going to be there, I'm going to get up. Good to go. Now here's the issue. You're charging fans to get in there. You're broadcasting this live every single day of the combine. There is money being made. And you know who gets the money? The NFL and the NFLPA. They get the money, not the young man out there providing the entertainment. Now, in the year of the NIL and this young generation changing the game, it has to go towards the NFL as well. Because then what are these players going to do? They're going to boycott the NFL combine. You can still get drafted and not go to the combine. It's an honor to go to the combine. I think a lot of people want to go to the combine. But end of the day, if you've done enough in college, you go to your school's pro day and you're good. Those of you who don't know what a pro day is, it's the same thing as a combine, just on a smaller scale. You're just doing all the events at your school. I did my NFL pro day at Washington State University. Did 225, did Eldra, did the 40, ran routes, caught footballs, did everything they do at the combine is just in a smaller type situation there were still like 10 to 15 representatives from teams there so you can still get drafted and just do your pro day but the nfl one thing they are great at is marketing and making money and they have grown this thing i want you to look at tape from when tom brady did the nfl combine to the last couple of years i mean the presentation is on point they got stories for every player I mean, the the announcers are our comedy, man. They're making jokes. Like, I'm I'm watching and listening to this thing, one, for the players, but two, just to hear what people are going to say. So the NFL is making money. Should these players be paid? I think they should. I think they should. And I heard Jake Heaps on ESPN Seattle the other day. He brought, brought up a great point. Man, they should be paid for winning the events. The fastest 40 for the skill guys. The fastest 40 for the bigs. Whoever bench presses the most. Boom. Now you're going to get guys to show up. And they're going to show out. I mean, they got something on the line now. They already have something on the line, right? They're trying to impress NFL scouts so they can get into the league. But you put some money behind that thing, I think the product's going to be even greater. And I think you invite a few more people. I think right now there's only 13 to 15 quarterbacks there. Man, invite 20. Invite the top 25 of every position. I'm not even sure how much they invite right now, but do more. Right? If you're going to put money on the line, you're going to make it an entertainment value, do more. Man, and start ranking these dudes. Best in the Pac-12. Best in the SEC. All right, then best in the country. If you really want to make this an entertainment type thing, NFL, do what you do. Break it down. Make, make it specific. You know, the fastest slot ride receiver. You know, have projections. This is what we project. We project this guy to do this many reps on, on uh, 225 lifting the weights. We project this receiver to run this time on the L drill. Go all in. I mean, why not? Especially if you are going to pay the players. More incentive for these guys to show up and do their thing. Now, I like the combine because you get these guys around other dudes, other dogs, and they get to compete. That's the one thing you don't get by going to your pro day. If you're at your pro day, it's comfortable. You're around your teammates. You're in your bubble. You're at your gym. Like all is well. It's different when you get around a bunch of dudes from across the country that you don't know who are all fighting for the same thing. You get to see how these guys respond in these situations. So there's a plus for the athletes and there's a plus for the NFL. Come together, meet in the middle. Just like the NCAA had to do with the NIL, pay these players because you are using their name, image, and likeness to make money. That's what you're doing for the NFL combine. And these kids aren't even employed by the NFL yet, and they've been making money off these kids for years now. So do what's right. Give these kids a piece of the pie and blow it up. 
make it huge. It's already a big deal. I know kids that I train and that I coach, they, they look forward to the combine, seeing what guys are going to do. But blow it up. Make it big, man. Let everybody eat. If you, It's already entertainment. It's already fun. These guys already want to be there. Psh, do your thing, man. Pay these players. And I'm always going to be on the side of the players when it comes to money, man. Pay these dudes. And I guarantee you, more guys will show up, more guys will show out, and more people will view and tune in. Sooner or later, we're going to have 20,000 people watching these dudes get active. And I think that's great for football. I think it's a great environment. I think play, these guys like performing. These athletes are performers. They perform in front of 50 to 80,000 people every single Saturday. It ain't going to change nothing. I think it'll change the atmosphere. I think it will um, bring some type of different energy to the situation. I just think it's a great idea overall. Get her done. Putting a bow on this thing has been real. Bump City of the podcast, episode seven of season two. Thank you for listening. But this is the Let It Burn segment. It's when I get something off my chest. I got two things to get off my chest right now. One, I'm going right to Major League Baseball. You guys need to figure out this thing and get it done. Players want X amount of teams in the postseason. They want the minimum salary raise, amongst other things. And the owners do not seem like they want to budge. I'm on the side of the players. The owners make billions of dollars. Revenue was up. Give them more. More money. More piece of the pie. That's all I'm asking. Now, you baseball enthusiasts can break it down however you want to and criticize me for thinking what I think. I don't care, man. I'm with the players. Give them more money. The second thing that we need to talk about is John Moran. This guy's the most exciting player in the league right now. No finesse in this guy's game. He's got some finesse, but he'll get to that rack. He'll yam on you. It just reminds me of old school basketball. He's probably not going to win the MVP, but I think he needs to be talked about a bit more. John Moran, if you don't know, get to know about this kid. He's got the Memphis Grizzlies to third in the West. He's not just doing it individually. He's got his team balling. So my two letter burns, MLB, MLBPA, you guys got to get it done. The first two series of play have already canceled. That's enough. Get it done. Also, fans, vote for John Morant. Put him on your radar. This kid is special. Old school type of play. Aggressive type of play. I love it. Hey, I appreciate you guys for listening. Like I said, Bump City, the podcast, episode number seven of season two. I'll catch y'all next week.